the blame game is on, and I'm playing the blame game here. I am. Progressives in America are responsible for a lot of terrible things. And this society is paying an awful price. Ukraine is one example. So you probably know in your life, uh, very, very liberal people, it's a difference between progressives who want to dismantle a country and liberals who just see political things from a different point of view than conservatives. That's a difference there. But the progressives want to tear it all down. And one of the things they want to do is impose alternative energy because they believe global warming is going to kill us all. And I don't know, from anywhere from three years to 10 years or something. Um, so those people uh, have taken over the Democratic Party, those climate warriors, I call them. And they pushed President Biden and the Congress to hurt American fossil fuels. And they've succeeded. That has strengthened Putin because he was able to sell more oil and natural gas and coal because the United States cut back on its harvesting of those things. So Putin became wealthier and more powerful. And everybody knows this. It's not, you can't dissent from that. That is what happened. So the Talking Points memo is what's going to happen to the climate change warriors. So first of all, they're set back 10 years. So about 80% of Americans now go, we got to harvest more fossil fuel. There's only 20% and they're just the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez loon crew, okay? So even, even liberal people, even Nancy Pelosi goes, we got to get more fuel, all right? Um, but they won't take credit for strengthening Putin and weakening America. They won't cop to that. And it's really interesting. So MSNBC is the mouthpiece for progressive America. Everybody knows that. I mean, CNN is a left-wing network, but MSNBC is beyond that. So one of the people that is on MSNBC is a woman named Kathy, uh, I'm sorry, Katie, Katie her T-U-R. So here's what she said yesterday. Go. Something that Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut brought up today was this just 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 exposes how insane it is that we rely or we rely on energy from authoritarian leaders and we are not self-reliant on our own energy. A lot of talk about why we don't go green. <laughs> now, that's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. First of all, we rely on oil from Putin, which we really don't. It's three to seven percent. Um, we don't buy all that much, but we rely on OPEC and other things to fill in what Biden has crushed, Ms. Tour. Okay? And you are part of that whole crew. So on February 10th, 2019, here's what Katie Tour said. Uh, the U.N. said we have 12 years before complete disaster. You talked to the representative of the Marshall Islands, and he's calling it uh, what could amount to genocide if we allow things to go as they are. The reports aren't just, hey, it's going to get bad. The reports are people will die. Ooh. <laughs> and that's what they do over there. All of them do it. Talking, of course, about global warming, climate change. We're all going to die. Marshall Islands. Oh, don't buy a condo there. Okay, so 
This woman has the gall now, the gall to quote Chris Murphy, far left senator from Connecticut, saying, well, why are we buying oil from authoritarians? Well, because we stopped oil harvesting in Alaska. Did you guys know that if the United States government would stop the nonsense and allow oil companies to drill in the so-called Anwar district, that just one state, Alaska, could provide all the oil the United States would need in any given year with stuff left over to sell abroad. Did you know that? And it's not long. It has nothing to do with the Keystone Pipeline, because that's energy we would buy from Canada. This is the United States. But because of Katie Turr and MSNBC, and they're just stupid. They're not just misled or, or, you know, their opinion is wrong. They're just dumb. All right, because everyone knows no one lives in the Anwar. Are you afraid of spooking the polar bears and the caribou? They like the pipeline. It's warm around the pipeline. They go there so they don't have to buy a coat. So when I hear this just dumb, stupid stuff, I used to get really angry. And now I just feel sorry for my country, not for them, but my country. So Katie Tours, well, why don't we go green? Yeah, I mean, she's not talking St. Patrick's Day. We don't go green because right now, wind makes up 9% of our hydroelectric power, uh, solar, 3 In fact, renewable energy is 20% of all of the United States energy needs. And that's maximum development. That's pedal to the metal. Subsidies from the government all day long. It's only 20%. So the, 80, the 80% has to come from fossil fuels and nuclear. But the Greens don't like nuclear. Even though nuclear is clean, they think there's going to be another Three Mile Island. No, we don't have that. Okay, so all of this affects each one of us. And by the way, there are 2 million electric vehicles on the road now. 1% of the 250 million cars and trucks on American roads. And I like electric cars. I like them. But I'm not going to buy one until the technology is more advanced and the price comes down a bit. All right? So that I don't have to recharge every 300 miles or 250 miles. When you get up to 700 miles, yeah, all right, I'll do it. And I hope that they will. Electric cars are good. But they're way too expensive. And you got to charge them and you got to be like a technical mastermind here. Uh, a lot of my friends have them, but all those guys know what they're doing. All right. So that's the talking points memo. How absurd this whole green thing is now. They're all running for cover. They all know it's their fault that Putin was empowered. And Biden is leading that charge. But Biden's taking another tack now. He's denying everything. Not my fault. All right, so yesterday, he's at the White House, he says this, go. First, 
It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. So what? That's so absurd. Trump takes over from Obama. Obama's a green guy. And it takes a year to ramp up fossil fuel production in the USA. But Biden didn't tell anybody, oh, no, no, I'm pumping more now in my first year than Trump did. Because Trump left you with a huge apparatus in order to harvest fossil fuel. So I wrote the message of the day about this. Now, you don't have to be a premium member to go to BillOReilly.com and read the message of the day every morning. I hope you will. It will enhance your life. It will make you smarter. This is what I said this morning. Quote, once again, President Biden and his minister of propaganda, Jen Psaki, are misleading the American people, this time about oil production. Mr. Biden and Ms. Psaki both say it is Putin who is most responsible for the rise in gas prices. The pair also put forth that the Biden administration is harvesting more oil than the Trump crew, than the Trump crew. This sleight of hand is a comparison between the first year of both administrations. But that doesn't matter because Trump grew oil production while Biden is shrinking it. Here are the facts. When Donald Trump left office, the average price for a gallon of gas was about $2.50. After 13 months of Biden, the price had risen more than a dollar. And that was well before Putin's Ukraine intrusion. Under Trump in 2020, the U.S. produced 18.4 million barrels of oil a day, 18.4. During Biden's first year, the number was down to 16.6. That's 2 million barrels a day produced less under Biden. 2 million barrels a day less, 750 million barrels a year less under Biden than Trump. That's colossal. Yet that man has the gall to go out there and say what he said. And why do you think he said it? He knows he can get away with it. All right, so last night, did ABC, CBS, and NBC Nightly News mention it? No, they did not. Did MSNBC or CNN? No, they did not. Didn't mention it. I didn't see analysis like I gave you on Fox, but I think they mentioned it. I think on Fox Business, David Asman uh, mentioned it. Okay, so Biden knows he can get away with anything. And right now, gallon of gas is $4.25. When Trump left office, 250. And it's going to five, 550 by the 4th of July. So this dooms President Biden. He will not run again. And the Democratic Party in November. It's mid-March. He may be the richest man in the world, Vladimir Putin. And he made his money by shaking down oligarchs and business leaders in Russia. That means if you want to do business all right, in Russia, that Putin has to get what they call in the mafia a taste, all right? You have to pay him for the privilege of doing business in Russia. So according to some estimates, um, he has amassed a $200 billion plus fortune, all right? And that is the reason I was wrong in predicting that Putin would invade Ukraine. I said he would not because he has so much to lose himself, and he will lose. Um, So anyway, let's run down 
uh, where Putin's money is, very instructive. Um, the communi- communists, they, they are kind of, but uh, the Russian government pays him about 200000 um, to be the head of the state. All right. Um, he has eight official residences. <laughs> eight. Um, so Biden has two, the White House and Camp David. Putin has eight. Just that then and if Russian government picks it up. Okay. And then he's got all kinds of property outside of Russia. Um, and he has his money stashed in a number of offshore tax havens. Um, Monte Carlo, which is Monaco, where allegedly his mistress lives part of the time. And in the other part of the time, she lives in Switzerland. And the rumor is he has four children, but nobody really knows. So Putin never talks about his private life. And if you're in Russia and you talk about Putin's private life, you may disappear very quickly. All right. So he has uh, a one billion dollar vacation home on the Black Sea. All right. It's called Putin's Palace. It's got a spa, movie theater, tea house, wine cellar, casino, pole dancing, disco, helipad, hockey rink, a church. I guess you go there right after the pole dancing disco. Um, gold plated uh, Johns, a swimming pool, a gym, and everything else you could possibly imagine. Now, is it really a billion dollar home? Probably not, but that's what they say. But it's, you know, I think it's 100,000 square feet, something like that. He's got a yacht called the Graceful, and it's valued about 100 million. Now, here's something fascinating. Two weeks before Putin invaded Ukraine, he moved that yacht from Hamburg, Germany to Russia. Now, Russia owns a slice of territory on the Baltic Sea called Kaliningrad. And that's where Putin's yacht is now. So nobody can seize it. As you may have heard, the oligarchs yachts all over the world are being seized, taken away from them because of the sanctions. But Putin knew So he moved this yacht on February 7th. Okay, he knew what he was going to do. And uh, so his just his fortune is just incalculable. And it's all because he stole it. He extorted money. He didn't make it. He's a gangster. But the fact that Putin put everything at risk, all his personal wealth, his mobility, his reputation, everything, means that he is troubled, to say the least. That's an understatement. And that makes him more dangerous. So if he's willing to lose all of this and blow up his own country, which he is, that's a madman. For what? Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, 
delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com, use promo code Bill at checkout. Okay. So Russia itself is now, as you heard, I'm sure, blocked Facebook and Twitter. Uh, they have passed a law. If you criticize the Ukraine invasion in Russia, that is a crime. Okay. You could get three years in prison. Um, and that's if you are in the media. If you are on the street and uh, protesting, they will put you in jail. And according to Reuters news service, I don't know how they would know this, but that's what they're reporting. 4,300 people, Russians, who uh, demonstrated against the Ukraine action have been taken into custody. I can't verify that at all. I don't know how they, they get that. But you know what the deal is over there. So the Russian ruble has uh, collapsed. The economy is collapsing. Two more weeks of this, it'll probably be over for the Russian economy. And the big controversy is about, you know, buying Russian oil uh, and all of that. Okay, we're going to get to that uh, in the Biden uh, section. The latest in Ukraine, 1.7 million people have fled the country, according to the U.N., the largest exodus since World War II. 1.7 million. Now, they go into a number of countries, but primarily Poland. So that means the West, EU, America, we're going to have to pay Poland to uh, house and feed these people. And then, you know, some are going to Romania, some uh, Slovakia, all the countries that border uh, Ukraine. This is according to UN as well. Uh, civilian casualties, 800, uh, 400 killed, 800 hurt. 400 killed, 800 hurt, according to UN. Um, and these are civilians. These aren't combatants. Hard to get combatant uh, information because there are no reporters at the front. Ukraine is not a reliable source of reporting. Obviously, they're going to jack it up. So all in all, this is a uh, disaster. Obviously, everybody in the world knows it's a disaster. Um, Putin's got to go. I don't think you can keep him there. Um, as I say in the column, you got to break him. Now, there are a lot still keep getting mail about bombing and no fly zone and just a simple equation. The world is not going to support a nuclear war against Russia over Ukraine. They're not. Okay? So Putin knows that. Now, if Putin invades NATO, a NATO country, then it gets very, very dicey. Then uh, NATO would have to shoot back. All right, so joining us now from Hamburg, Germany, is Dr. Aaron Rhodes. He's a human rights advocate, senior fellow in the Common Sense Society. I wanted to get, Doctor, your view from Europe. Um, there's low-level hysteria here because of the rising gas prices and the falling stock market in the USA. What's going on over there where you are? Well, Bill, I'm an American citizen, and I 
you know, for me, Germany is sort of a pit stop. It's like a, a place to live and I'm, I have my family here. So I'm really not such a good person to give up a, a good gauge of uh, German public opinion or political uh, movement. But it, it seems to me that life is the same here. I, I don't notice any uh, hysteria. There's no panic buying in, in, in grocery stores. There's, there's what there is, is however, which is interesting, is a, a major change of, of public opinion as regard Russia. Um, the government has done a complete turnaround in their policies. Uh, they um, are realizing that energy dependence on, on Russia is, is a bad thing. And they're realizing that uh, they're, they have been underpaying their uh, defense spending. They have, they, got, they, they have now pledged to bring up their, their defense spending uh, as part of NATO. And these are big, big changes. Um, and they have occurred <laughs> very quickly. Um, and this is, this is a very, very notable. Would it be fair to say that Putin has united all of Europe against him or are there dissenters? Oh, sure, there are dissenters. Um, uh, you'll find small pro-Russian demonstrations in many European countries. Uh, uh, but in general, um, the, m people are outraged by this war. Um, and they, they, I think uh, they didn't believe such a war could happen. So it's kind of a wake-up call for a lot of European populations. Um, the shock of realizing that uh, Give Peace a Chance and the peace movement, the green movement to some extent, because the green movement is responsible um, for uh, Europe's weakness. You know, it used to be, and I, I guess you know this, you, uh, it used to be in Germany that uh, they uh, harvested a lot of natural gas on German soil. Well, the greens knocked that out. So they have to buy natural gas from Putin. And so it, it looks like a lot of liberal um, tenants are falling by the wayside because of this aggression by Russia. Would I be wrong on that assessment? No, I don't think so. Um, but it's, you know, you have to remember that prior to this invasion, the, a lot of the peace movement uh, types were taking a very pro-Putin line. Uh, this was NATO's fault. This was America's fault. Uh, aggression on the part of neoliberalism, uh, and so on. I, I think there's a there's a there's a, a tendency to blame America first in a situation like this, and it's a kind of residual hangover from uh, the past. What about the media in Germany, where you are? Um, are they anti-Putin now? Like most of the media here is, not all of it, um, but most of the media in America is anti-Putin. Um, is it the same in Germany and the rest of Europe? I, I think it's becoming much more uh, anti-Putin, if you can call it that. Um, and that's what I was mentioning before. There's been a very quick change. And, uh, and now the, all the so-called the Putin verstayers, so-called the Putin understanders, this was a kind of tendency in German, German political thought to, to try to, try to uh, understand Putin and, and give him some credit. They're very quiet. 
and um, maybe they they uh, even deny that they once had those views. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad to hear all of what you're saying. Final question for you. You're a human rights advocate. And, you know, you're going to be looking at three million refugees out of Ukraine, at least before this is over. You're going to be looking at thousands of civilian deaths and, you know, children brutalized for the rest of their lives. So I don't see it possible that Putin just goes back, even if he says, well, yeah, well, the ceasefire. I don't see if it's possible that he goes back to where he was. Do you? No. And Putin is going to come under indictment from uh, the International Criminal Court and uh, maybe some other bodies. So but why uh, would this guy do this if he if he's ruined his whole life, as I laid out his whole, you know, all the money he stole, he can't spend, can't float around on a yacht anywhere. They'll grab it. Why? I think the guy's a madman. What do you say? I, I don't think he's a madman. I think he's living in a different mental universe than we are. And, and uh, he, under, he interprets history differently than we do. And he, and he sees the destiny of his country and his own personal uh, destiny differently than we do. Yeah, but he got to know how much trouble he's in. I mean, he's even threatening, you know, now sanctions are an act of war and I got my nuke boys on it. He's got to know that he's toast. Last word. Well, I hope you're right. I hope he is. Okay, Doc. I appreciate it. Stay safe over there, Hamburg, Germany. Dr. Aaron Rhodes. So joining us now from Sacramento, California, is Senator Melissa Melendez. Uh, she is a senator uh, for the state legislature in Sacramento. She has been around for a while. Uh, she was an assembly person um, for eight years. She knows Kamala Harris, and I wanted to get her point of view. First of all, do you see, do you know why the vice president's going over to Poland and Romania? Do you know? Uh, I, I don't know. I know that her press release says she's going largely as a, you know, symbolic gesture to show unity with the NATO alliance. So I'm not sure that the vice president even thinks that her visit will have any sort of impact. So it's um, symbolic. It's a symbolic thing. Yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah. it was kind of like the her going to El Paso for 20 minutes on the border. That was kind of symbolic, too. Right. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I kind of feel bad. I'm not being fair to uh, Kamala Harris. I don't know her. Um, I know California pretty well. Um, when she was attorney general, I wasn't impressed with what she did. In fact, she was a she was a pretty tough prosecutor on marijuana people, if I remember correctly. What was your assessment of uh, Ms. Harris as attorney general of California? Well, I think she was plotting her future, you know, all along, and she certainly was part of the progressive group of her party. Um, but, you know, she she kind of has a glass jaw. She doesn't like to be challenged. And we've seen that over and over again when she's asked questions by the press. She doesn't really get into detail. She doesn't really exude confidence. Um, so I'm not sure what her plans are. I would imagine she's hoping that she's asked to continue being vice president and considering the Democratic bench is so anorexically thin, they will probably ask her. But, you know, Californians were largely unimpressed with her. I mean, her polling numbers in January were 28 percent. That's that's approval. Yeah, as vice president. But if I were to say to you, Senator, give me one thing that Senator uh, that uh, 
Kamala Harris did as attorney general that improved the state of California? Just one. Could you give me one? I got nothing. <laughs> Real, I mean, really, you're saying that not as a partisan. I know you're a Republican, yeah. but, but you're saying that you just don't know anything she did that improved the state? No. I mean, you know, the, the state attorney general's office largely has been you know, an opportunity for them to go after big corporations and, you know, tax the rich, go after the wealthy. I've never really seen it where they've done something that largely enhances the lives of the average Californian, which is a shame. I mean, we're 40 million people here. And considering what's gone on the past two years, we could probably use the help of the attorney general's office to improve our lives. But we don't see that. We see a lot of posturing and we see a lot of, you know, the kind of the talking points that come from the Democratic Party platform. And that's really not what the office is for. But that's that's what it's been used for. Well, you would think that a uh, AG in California would also um, be concerned about the massive illegal immigration into your state, which has changed everything. Um, and now yeah. the poor migrants who are in the United States illegally, they don't have money to pay record gas prices or food prices. So they're up here going, what the deuce? Um, right. But from what I understand, uh, Ms. Harris didn't, she encouraged sanctuary cities, encouraged open borders in California as AG. Is that correct? That's correct. And remember what has happened recently where those three children were killed and the person who killed them was here illegally. He had, you know, he was not supposed to be here. He was released from jail. They. ICE asked to be notified when he was released from jail so that they could, you know, handle him. And of course, because of the sanctuary state law in California, ICE was not notified. And so what happened, he got out and he went and killed those three children and an innocent chaperone. So yeah, this well, is, you know, I'm sure you remember what I did with Kate Steinle and I had the federal law that got up, uh, thanks to Ted Cruz and others, uh, almost to the floor of the Senate. In fact, it was attached to another bill that Mitch McConnell knew wasn't going to pass, and that's why I despise Mitch McConnell. But Kate Steinle was the same thing. I mean, and that guy, he had five deportations on his sheet. He was a dope dealer, an armed dope dealer, and they allowed him to run around San Francisco, and I believe Kamala Harris was the attorney general at the time, was she not? That's correct. And that, but the, you know, the, the concern isn't for the victims when you're talking about immigration no. here. The concern is always for those who have come here just seeking a better life. Well, of course we understand those coming here seek a better life, but we are not sympathetic to those who are coming here to do harm to the people who are living here. And no, there's no, they, look, it was yeah. clear to me, and Harris didn't say a word about uh, Kate Steinle, and neither did uh, the governor. Um, Newsom. I mean, it didn't say anything about it. And it was just, it was awful. And it was clear to me that uh, virtue signaling has overwhelmed everything in California. Everything. And now people are leaving your state more than coming to the most beautiful state in the union with perhaps the best climate. And people are getting the hell out. You think that trend is going to continue in California? I do. And I'll tell you what, if gas prices continue as they are, you can see a lot more of it because there are several places in this state where gas is over $7 a gallon. Over $7. It is more expensive to buy gas in California than it is to buy it in Hawaii. If you can yeah, imagine Well, if that. you have an 86 cent gasoline tax, that's right. what's going to happen. And um, we asked the governor to suspend the gas tax 
and he has yet to do that. What he said, said he wanted to do, and his party is against it, is to suspend the increase. Well, that's like the a increase. penny. I mean, who cares? Right? Well, he, it'll be interesting. It. If Biden does it, Newsom will do it. That's the way this stuff works. Hey, Senator, we really appreciate your time. You know how busy you are. Thank you for helping us out today. You bet. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Okay. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, here's a poll from Quinnipiac. I got to set this up. It's a really interesting poll, but I don't believe it. But I have to report it because it's all over the Internet. Quinnipiac is a good university in Connecticut. It's good. Its poll is bad. <laughs> okay? I track this stuff. So Quinnipiac's poll, never right. I don't know why. I, I, if I can help you up there, Quinnipiac, I'll, I'll help you, but your poll is bad. But they ask a very provocative question to 1,374 U.S. adults by telephone, not Internet. That's good. So they actually talk to human beings. And the poll is 29 percent Democrat, 27 Republican. That's okay. Independent, 33. Other, 11. What are the other? If you're not Republican, Democrat or Independent, what are you? What? A mugwump? Mugwump was a party in this country. What are you? Okay. Anyway, here's the first question. If you were in the same position as Ukrainians are now, do you think that you would stay and fight or leave the USA? Stay and fight, 55%. I'll be with you there. I'm fighting. I'm not leaving. Leave the country, 38%. Skedaddle. I don't know where you go. Little Justin Trudeau up there in Canada and uh, Obrador in Mexico, they don't want you. Okay, so, and don't know seven. So most people would fight overall. But by party, 68% of Republicans say they would fight. 
Well, they are more bellicose, word of the day, than liberals are, no doubt. So 68% of the GOP are going to fight. Independent, 57. A little over half. Okay. We're not giving up. We're not running away. Democrats, 40% of fighting. 60% are absconding. Another word of the day. <laughs> but when you think about it, out of the 40 who are going to split if Putin sends tanks in here, 20% hate America now. So, of course, they're, they're not going to fight for it. So that only is only 20% of Democrats who are really, really going to leave with any allegiance to their country at all. All right, second question. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden's handling the response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine? Approve 42, disapprove 45, don't know 13. Um, disapprove 45. So where is that? I don't know. They don't, they don't clarify it. So there's two ways you disapprove of Biden. Number one, you think he's a wuss and he should be bombing the hell out of Moscow or, you know, provoking a shoot war. Okay. I'd say maybe 20% of Americans feel that way. The others say, no, it's not worth blowing up the planet for Ukraine. Then there is a crew that says, Ooh, uh, no, this is America's fault. They're on the right. Now, some of them, of course, the squad are on the left, but there's a contingent on the far right that says, no, it's America's fault. We, we annoyed Putin. And so he's right to go in there and do this. I mean, I, just, I see this stuff and I go, what? So I guess that is part of the disapproval. Um, he's not tough enough or it's our fault. Okay, back home. Now, this is a story I was debating on doing. Because Andrew Cuomo, you don't care about him. I know you don't. I don't care about him. I'm glad he's gone. All right, he's a bad governor of New York. Bad. But he is involved with something that does mean, uh, that has meaning. Okay, so Cuomo, he quits because of misbehavior accusations. We all know the story. Not because he let people with COVID into nursing homes, which was far worse than any misbehavior allegation. And that one, nobody even cared about. I mean, with thousands of elderly in New York that died because of that stupid policy by Governor Cuomo. But anyway, so he gives his first speech since he quit, all right, to the God's Battalion of Prayer Church in Brooklyn. God's Battalion of Prayer Church. Okay. And here's what he says. Go. The truth, the truth is the so-called cancer culture mentality is growing and is dangerous, and Democrats must beware. The actions against me, the actions against me were prosecutorial misconduct. With cancel culture, we now live in a frightening new world. We've never been here before. Any accusation can trigger condemnation without facts, without due process. We are a nation of laws. We are not a nation of tweets. Oh, he's right. But we are a nation of tweets now. Nation of laws, due process, gone. Because his liberal cohorts destroyed it. 
Okay, that's why. All right, so he's right. Cuomo's right, what he just said. But here's what Andrew Cuomo said about Brett Kavanaugh, who is in exactly the same spot as Cuomo himself. Go. There is a disrespect for women that this administration chronically uh, exemplifies. After the Me Too movement, they did absolutely nothing when it came to sexual harassment. Uh, They have always diminished the charges of women. Always. That's exactly what Cuomo's doing. That was three and a half years ago. We remember here, Governor. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, final thought of the day is Holly the Terror Dog. Put her on up there on radio. You can't see her. She's very cute. So six years old, Corgi, full bred. When I got Holly... Uh, I was stunned that she sheds an enormous amount, all right? But she's a sweet dog, a nice dog. And Holly's job, her only job, is to protect the house. Now, corgis have this deep, deep bark, so even though they're little, close to the ground, they sound like they're a giant German shepherd that would rip your leg off when they bark. But here's the problem. In the beginning, in the first few years, Holly would bark and run down to the door and all of that and scare the bad people. Now, Holly's lazy. She sleeps up on the second floor and she barks from there. She doesn't even run down the stairs. What good is that? (laughs) So Holly's barking from afar. And I'm going, Holly, this is your only job to protect the house. When there's somebody at the door, run down. But it doesn't really matter because if somebody was trying to break in, all they'd have to do was pet Holly's neck and then Holly would be their friend, even if they had an AK. So it doesn't really matter. What matters is a big bark that might discourage people from bringing the AK in to the O'Reilly home. Holly, you got to get downstairs. Thank you for watching and listening to us tonight. We'll see you tomorrow.